Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. So welcome to Inside LA Long Beach Sunday Sit. So today we're going to chat about um, what's the title that I thought of? <laughs> are we on track? Are we on track? Um, are we on the right track? That's what it is. Are we on the right track? Am I on the right track? I don't know. <laughs> uh, are we on the right track? I remember reading the back of Anam Tupton's No Self, No Problem book. It's one of my favorite all-time books from Anam Tupton. How many of you have seen Anam Tupton? Yeah. He visits Inside LA sometimes. Have you ever been to Inside LA? There's a picture of Trudy with a Tibetan monk right when you walk in. That's Anam Tupton. Really amazing. <clears throat> a friend of mine... Uh, Namsel, Venerable Namsel, who many of you have seen when he came and spoke here. He was hanging out with Anam Tupton. And he says, I don't think he's of this world. I think he's an alien. I'm pretty sure. Because <laughs> everything is just otherworldly, otherworldly um, about him. It's really an experience to be in his presence. But on, on the back of this book, in an earlier edition, he had a little... Uh, paragraph, which I'm going to read, but it's, it was entitled, Are You on the Right Track? And I remember reading it and thinking, I never forgot it. I remember thinking, wow, that's, that's it. You know, if, if we're on the right track or not, he really has it dialed in. And so this is important to know, kind of check in, always like what we're doing, because we could easily fool ourselves that we're on the right track. We could be doing things externally that really feel like we're on the right track, like hanging out here at Sunday Sit, getting to the altar just right, reading a million books, going on retreat. All those things we could always ask, does this mean that I'm on the right track or not? We have that spiritual materialism, that spiritual ego, like I'm me, but now I'm meditator me. So I must be pretty awesome, right? I'm on the right track. <clears throat> now, Adi Ashante likes to say that the, the ego doesn't mind shape-shifting. It doesn't mind at all. It does not like to be annihilated. <laughs> right? So this shape-shifting is quite tricky. Because we can become a new version of something false and still not be tapping into our authentic nature. Right? So even though what we're doing might be very virtuous and, and very good, we must, it, must be, it must touch upon something a little bit deeper and something very real. And then we want to find that and then walk that again and again, walk down that path of being very, very authentic. So it doesn't really matter what practices that we're doing. 
if we know that we're on the right path. And I'm going to go ahead and read that, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. So this is Anam Tupton. I remember listening to the teachings of a Tibetan Lama recently. He was so kind. He never really criticized anybody. He was talking about terrorists, but he never called them terrorists. He simply called them mischievous people. Many great spiritual teachers have said that if your mind is completely engrossed in compassion, then we could be 100% confident that we are on the right track. If we are able to hold everyone in our hearts, if we are able to love everyone without discrimination, that means that we are on the right track. It doesn't matter whether we have knowledge about Buddhism or not, whether we are intellectually sophisticated or not, whether we are a beginner or not. We know that we are on the right track because our heart is blessed with compassion and loving kindness. That's it. I like to tell the story of Kinsha Rinpoche. <clears throat> Kinsha Rinpoche was teaching this amazing lama. And somebody asked the question, he says, you know, I have a new person in my life. And she's really amazing. She's very kind. She's very generous. She's very patient. But I can't get her to come to the teachings. I can't get her to come and experience the Dharma, get her into the Gampa, the meditation room, right? And hear these beautiful teachings. And the translator was going back and forth with, with Kinsha Rinpoche. And Kinsha Rinpoche could not understand. I knew there was some conflict with there. They kept going back and forth and back and forth. And finally, Kinsha Rinpoche said, you know, through the translator, said, I don't understand. The Dharma is working beautifully for her. Right? It has absolutely no, no bearing on whether she's Buddhist or in a gampa or not, hearing teachings. Obviously, it's working. Right? She's definitely on the right track. Ultimately, life is very short, even if we live 100 years or more. That is still very short. We don't have time to hate anybody. We don't have time to judge anybody. So how are we going to spend the rest of life from this moment on? This is a good question. How am I going to spend the rest of my life from this moment on? We must realize that life is extremely short. It is like the snap of our fingers until the time that we die. So we have to realize that ultimately, there is nothing to gain and nothing to lose. Ultimately, there are no enemies. From this moment on, the only thing that matters is to live life from compassion, awareness, and wisdom. And when we decide that, then our hearts open and we experience being in bliss. No matter what is happening outside, we are still able to experience inner bliss because we are able to see that every situation in life is in the divine dance of truth. How beautiful is that? No matter what is happening outside, we are still able to experience inner bliss because we are able to see that every situation in life is a divine dance of truth. So this is if we live from compassion, awareness, and wisdom. 
And so he mentions awareness and wisdom. I'm going to read something else here in a moment and talk about how do we get to this, this loving kindness and compassion. And so we just can't fall into this compassion without wisdom, without awareness. Maybe I'll just go ahead and read his next piece and then speak from there. It's almost impossible to practice loving kindness towards all living beings without addressing in a meaningful way the innumerable innumerable problems arising in our own lives. It's a contradiction, you see. It does not work. If our heart is tormented because we're not able to accept things as they are, then it is impossible to open our hearts. It is impossible to let go of all of our defenses and embrace others. Therefore, we have to constantly practice and deepen our awareness. So this is an amazing act of self-love, this wisdom thing, right? This awareness thing. It's an amazing act of self-love. What do I mean by that is that this is a moment-to-moment practice. This path is one moment long. That's it. Everything, it's just one moment long. It's a decision when the rubber meets the road. It's a decision to choose acceptance, right, or conflict. So we could be right or we could be free, right? I had a very, very yummy instance of this this week. I had complaining mind, right? And I, had, I was complaining about something, and I loved it. it was, and I watched myself loving my complaining mind. And I did it for a couple days. It was really, really yummy. I had this instance that I would go back to and I had the decision of self-love. I knew, I knew that if I could rest in compassionate, non-judgmental awareness of this thing, letting the emotion arise, letting the thought arise, and just be with it, with all its perfectness, then I knew from practice that it would eventually cease. But I really saw that I didn't have enough self-love, love, wanting others or yourself to be happy. It's a definition, yeah? I knew where happiness, where it was. It was on the other side of grasping on to this complaining mind. But there was some part of me that liked it. I literally wanted it. (laughs) I wanted to tell my story of that. I wanted to chew on that. That was my meditation, yeah? And we see this in meditation all the time, every few seconds sometimes. Every few seconds. Five seconds, you know, uh, Minga Rinpoche always say, two to three seconds, great meditation. <laughs> Fantastic meditation. And he wasn't joking because two to three seconds of just being there, being absolutely present without grasping on to that yummy thought that's going, going by and hanging on to that instead. So this practice of can we love ourselves enough to want to end the suffering? And I use suffering very loosely in this small suffering of conflict. Even complaining mind is not bliss. 
It's not tranquility. It's not serenity. It's not calm. It's not calming, right? Even that subtlety, that subtlety of suffering of mind, just that, that little bit of wanting to be in that mind. When we don't feel connected to others, a lot of times our complaining is with others, right? We don't feel connected. Can you imagine not feeling connected? That's so far away from our authentic self that we're all so incredibly connected that we're actually one (laughs) and we're actually feeling separateness, right? So this is this feeling of separateness and lack of self-love is very unnourishing. Right? It's not really empowering our authentic self. So this awareness can bring us to the point of watching all of this happen. Bring us to the point of choice. And this is really, really important. So Arm Tupton again has a funny little story. When we don't accept even one small thing, then a small problem can become a big problem. Just a tiny problem, when you don't accept it, can completely destroy your entire inner peace. Imagine that we look into the mirror today and suddenly we realize There is something wrong with our clothes. There is something wrong with our hairstyle. We have nice hair, but then this one hair goes astray. (laughs) It is going this way, and we wanted to keep pushing it. We wanted to go that way. If we take that seriously, it could be enough to destroy our whole day. (laughs) I have curly hair, so I totally relate to this. At first, it is no problem. Then we think, I don't like the fact that one hair is going in that direction. Our mind has a tendency to blow everything out of proportion. I really hate the fact that one hair is going in the wrong direction. I don't like it. I hate it. This dark thought keeps growing, and before we know it, our entire consciousness is taken over by the dark, poisonous thought. Then we become angry. We start yelling at people, and they start yelling back at us. It creates this whole problem out of nothing. This might sound ridiculous, yet this is how most people live in the world. In general, we are dominated by our thoughts. We are not masters of of our own house. And so when those things happen, it could be very subtle, like complaining mind or something like this. If we nip it in the bud, if we just use our mindful awareness, take a look at it, and see if we can reach into a place of self-love. Like, I really want to be happy really, really want to be happy. Can I, can I sit with this? Can I choose something else? Right? Can I choose something else? And also, sometimes we can't. And this is a beautiful thing to remember, too, is that it's okay to give thankfulness for our coping mechanisms, really. Right? They can get us through a hard time. Maybe we cannot sit with, with open, non-judgmental, compassionate awareness. And that's okay too, right? There's some logs that come and smother our flame of awareness, right? Our flame of awareness can only be so strong and some things in life come and they smother that out. And then it's okay. It's okay to do ice cream meditation. It's no problem. It's 
okay to do TV, Netflix, med meditation sometimes. As long as we try to look at it with this openness and acceptance for two to three seconds, really. See if it could be okay and could be perfect as it is and accept it that it's perfect just as it is. This is the wisdom of acceptance. So if we can't accept ourselves and others as we are, we definitely can't love ourselves and love others as they are, right? The wisdom of, the, the highest wisdom practice is everything is perfect just as it is, believe it or not, right? And this week I passed through the delusion, the illusion, and know that everything is love, is masquerading in different forms, arising in different ways. So I thought we'd do a little meditation next. And for this meditation, pick something really small. Pick something small in your life because we're gonna look at one thing that we could accept as it is and we could take just one thing in our life and maybe move it over to going on the right track with this one thing. Like I talked about complaining mind this week. At a certain point, I sat with it and said, okay, I'm okay with this, as it is. So when you're allowing your eyes to close, As we begin, first thing is to maybe reach into the tender part of your heart. Whatever that means to you. This is the part of you that feels compassion. It's the part of you that stirs when you are involved in some piece of kindness, whether you're receiving kindness, you're giving kindness. This is a heavenly abode. And so just tuning into this and, and whatever you find there is perfectly okay. It might not be all warm and fuzzy, but just the intention of moving into your heart of hearts. And from there, maybe saying a phrase of meta towards yourself. Maybe the phrase, may I be happy. May I be happy, just mentally reciting this, may I be truly happy. Maybe bringing up an instance of eternal conflict. Some conflict you have with something. And like I mentioned, maybe picking something small for now. 
And just seeing through this intention of wanting your happiness, if you could accept this as it is, accept yourself, accept that someone or something other, using the power of love and compassion And in these moments, too, it's a fantastic time to pray. Praying the truth itself. So feel free to do that, too. And just seeing if you can look with compassionate, non-judgmental awareness at the emotions, the body sensations, the thoughts. Even for a few seconds. find a story arising, what you wanted to say, what you would say, what you should have done, whatever the story is, letting it come, letting it go, looking at it with compassionate, non-judgmental awareness, like clouds just drifting by, 
and you rest as the bright sun. And then maybe dropping that instance at your own pace. Maybe dropping attention towards a certain thing and at your own pace coming into the moment and doing the same thing. Accepting this very moment just as it is. No acceptance, no rejection. No attachment, no aversion.
thought for today, <clears throat> even though we're a fairly large group, um, it's very nice to kind of commune together when when we're looking at life challenges. Um, because we notice that we're all the same. <laughs> we all have the same challenges, same difficulties, very similar. So it's really nice to commune in that way. So maybe coming into small groups and then just discussing what came up for you, what types of things that arose for you. And if you don't want to be get personal and share in detail, that's totally fine too. Maybe you could just talk about the act of actually looking at something and from a place of real self-love wanting, just the desire, the intention of wanting to be on the other side of that, right? Just that. What does that feel like? This is really it, right? This is really it. This is right where the point of the arrow, yeah? Really coming into that connection. So when we're at that place, of we're fully awake and aware of a challenge, moving on to that, not sidestepping it, but really looking at that one to be on the other side of that. So what's that like coming from that place? So I want to open it up to um, larger group sharing. Does anyone want to share what came up? What came up for them? Compassion. Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, we're speaking about meditating on compassion and having an unshakable compassion, no matter how terrible something appears to be, or just coming to an understanding and a, a compassion for... We're actually speaking of what happened this morning in Orlando, Florida, mm-hmm. and how that could breed a lot of hate and, and anger, but then coming to an understanding and a compassion for the suffering that the individual had in his own mind, that his internal conflict with which caused them to commit such an act. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else enduring the consequences of it and loved ones that were lost. And, but at the same time, there was a unity that was formed between the people suffering. and But just transmuting it and, and just <coughs> having that unconditional love for everyone, even, even the one who committed the act. And, why, why was that person suffering in such a way to cause so much suffering to others? And so we have to tame our mind and be disciplined. So, and just cultivate more compassion because compassion can spread. Compassion leads to more compassion. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted to thank you for um, bringing in self-compassion because I've been working on acceptance of what's here and how things are perfect just the way they are. And specifically some you know, physical pain I've been going through. And me, I forgot about self-compassion. It's <laughs> always the thing I forget. Yeah. <laughs> so... Very important ingredient. Thank you. We're exploring in in the exploration, I think there's this question that arises that we tend to all 
you know, worked with, and, and you were alluding to it, in the being with what is, in your case you explained it as complaining mind, or in our case, um, you know, when we're talking about moments where there is really deep suffering because suffering exists and, and things are painful, and, and you know, the, to, to be fully present with the, um, the embodied experience of that suffering and to know what that feels like in the system and to, and to experience it at the same time to not feed it with the thinking about mm -hmm. it so that really that difference between the first arrow and the second arrow mm -hmm. yeah. idea and, and how to be with the first arrow without it becoming a second arrow at what point mm -hmm. it does and so it's just I, I think mm -hmm. in, in our group we were you know, all of us talking about how that was what was arising is is Playing in that field, in that space between first arrow, second arrow, and, and what that mm -hmm. looks like, and how that, how that is. Um, yeah. And and my my experience, speaking for myself, there it felt like there is a certain there there was a knowingness, and that was the self compassion part. There is a knowingness that there's something else that can transcend all of this, mm -hmm. right? That that that, in spite of all the feelings that were there, there is also this complete total not telling myself but really feeling okay and there was a cognitive distance that got created by that on one hand there's all this okayness and then the next moment there's all this pain and then there's okay and then there's pain mm -hmm. they go back and forth and then there'd be anger and then there'd be sadness mm -hmm. and then there's okay mm -hmm. so so allowing that to be and then it what but but knowing that there's something else yet beyond that but not quite knowing what that is how to get there mm -hmm. anyways that was Great. That's really beautiful. That's you know when we're really working, that's where we that's where we go, right? That's really working with it, which is really amazing. Um, you know, knowing that there's a place beyond that. If we're not, it's it's not trying to get to that place. We arrive at that place, mm -hmm. and it's not a place of knowing, but it's a place of being. Mm -hmm. So it's not like like you said. There's like a cognitive. Like how do I get there? Mm -hmm. That which is looking is already there. That which is watching all that happen, and and it's 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 right there. And I know Sokin Rinpoche says it really beautifully: is that I could be with you, but not follow you. Like I could be with all that, but I don't need to follow that. I could befriend that even, and I could welcome it. I could welcome my suffering. I can. Um, you know, feel so much gratitude for the suffering. I mean, suffering is so amazing, so incredible on so many different levels as a teacher, and yet I don't need to follow you. Mm. <clears throat> um, and resting in that place of um, just being there in that, everything that you're describing, that, you know, that neutral observer, there's kind of names for it that we don't really even like to label that because it's, it's a new that. But that being there is so precious. That's amazing. So we have that which is arising and we have that which is looking, that's being there with it, this awareness itself, just resting in that and letting that unravel. There's nothing really more to do. You've already done it. You're there with it. You're resting in awareness. If you could add a flavor of compassion, even better. Right? And that's it. The unraveling will take you know, care of itself. But beautiful work. That's really it. I mean, that's really in the trenches. That's beautiful, beautiful work. Yeah.
So I wanted to um, have a meta practice for the tragedy today. Um, do you want to mention just an overview of what happened this morning? In Orlando, Florida, at a club called Pulse. It's a primarily gay lesbian club, dance club. Um, a young man, Arabic-American descent. Not sure, you know, there's already talk about was it terrorism or was it just rage or what? He went in with a assault rifle of some kind and killed 50-some people. Oh. And um, there's a lot more people seriously injured in the hospital. And this comes on the heels of some other, I mean, there's tragedy every day in our country, but in the same city, you know, they killed this young girl who was on The Voice. In the same city, and so it's just you know feeds into our need to collectively work together on peace and building understanding and self healing and self compassion. How that manifests in our cities. Thank you. So maybe let's just finish with a meta practice, um, some loving kindness and compassion holding them in our heart-mind. So thinking of all those beings that lost their life and their loved ones, everyone affected. You know that suffering is universal. We all suffer. Connecting with them in this way. We also know that love is universal. Connecting with them in this way. And then maybe just saying some phrases. If you like, you can place your hand over your heart. It feels soothing as we're suffering, as we're also giving love and kindness. 
And let's just say some simple phrases. May all beings, you can say this mentally together, may all beings be free from suffering. May all beings without exception be happy. All beings be free from suffering. May all beings be happy. the souls of those beings that pass be protected, be brought into peacefulness. May all the saints and sages bless them with their presence. May the families, may the loved ones, may they all be given strength, patience. May they find a way to forgive they can be at peace. Of seeing this whole nation come together in peacefulness instead of hate, transforming anger into love, knowing that on the very root and deep level, we have to open our hearts more and accept more instead of dividing and separating. We all come together as brothers and sisters, no matter what race, religion, sexual preference, ethnicity. Just holding this in our heart as I read the Metta Sutta. To reach the state of peace, one skilled in the good should be capable and upright, straightforward and easy to speak to gentle and not proud, contented and easily supported, living lightly and with few duties, wise and with senses calmed, not arrogant and without greed for supporters, and should not do the least thing that the wise would criticize. May all be happy and secure. May all beings be happy at heart. All living beings, whether weak or strong, tall, large, medium, short, tiny or big, seen or unseen, near or distant, born or to be born, may they all be happy. Let no one deceive another or despise another anywhere. Let no one through anger or aversion wish for others to suffer. As a mother would risk her own life to protect her child, her only child, so toward all beings should one cultivate a boundless heart. With loving kindness for the whole world, 
Should one cultivate a boundless heart, above, below, and all around, without obstruction, without hate, and without ill will, standing or walking, sitting or lying down, whenever one is awake, may one stay with this recollection. This is called a sublime abiding here and now. So thank you all so very, very much for coming together today, for loving yourself so much that you want to come and sit and do nothing and find peace within yourself, real, true, authentic peace. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.